Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you possible. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my live monthly training. On October 16th, I'm going to be talking all about the power and the how of routines. Now, to register, just click the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. On the show today, Helene Segura. She is the author of The Inefficiency Assassin, Time Management Tactics for Working Smarter, Not Longer. An incredible interview, chock full of insights on how you can be more productive starting today. Here's my talk with Helene Segura. Helene, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Ski. <laughs> well, thank you for calling me Ski. Not too many guests do. And uh, <laughs> we, we uh, listener, we are really hoping that we can get this interview done uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, Helene is not like in a metropolitan city. She is like far, far, far away from a city and her internet connection can ebb and flow throughout the day more than most of ours do. So we're hoping that we get this whole interview in because I really want to talk to her today and uh, because she was gracious enough to send me her book, The Inefficiency Assassin. What a name, an assassin. Who doesn't want to be an assassin? But before we get started, Helene, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, my passion in life is to bring peace to other people's lives. And I do that through teaching them about how to manage their time, which really boils down to how to manage your mind. Because time management is all about mind management. I take great joy in that. When I am not working, then I am experimenting with recipes. And pre-COVID, I was planning the next summer vacation. So, um, you know, that, that came off the grid this past year, but we're hopeful that we can travel again next summer. Yeah, well, it is right now September 22nd, and my wife and I were supposed to go to my hometown of Rochester, New York in August. Uh, newsflash, that didn't happen because they have a two-week <laughs> quarantine, and we're only going to go a week, so I'm not going to go up there for two weeks, quarantine, and visit for a week. I don't have three weeks off like that. I mean, I work for myself, but I you know, it's too many things to move around. So we're hoping to go in the spring. And uh, yeah, we are under some crazy times right now do, during this zo- zombie apocalypse pandemic. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's very interesting. You talk about the management of the mind, because one thing I hear from my clients, I'm sure you hear from yours, like, I don't have enough time. I don't have mm-hmm. enough time. And we know that everyone has enough time. let's face it, everyone on this planet has the same 24 hours to spend. And if you look at the high performers, a Brendan Burchard, a Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Mark Cuban, why do they get so much done? They don't have more hours. Is that they are very intentional about how they spend their time. But I love how you talked about management of the mind. So elaborate on that for us, please. Well, our brains decide how we're going to spend every single second of every minute of every hour of every day. And if our brains are not in good condition, then we're not going to make those good decisions about our time. If we're distracted, if we are running on autopilot, if we are not truly present and thinking about what we want our next step to be, then it's going to be a lot tougher to manage our time. Distractions is something I deal a lot with my clients. And the top five distractions I list, and I'd love to know what your thoughts on these or if you have any others, is email, 
social media. I, I, I put entertainment as a separate entity because now we have games, we have streaming services. Then I have people. And the last distraction I have is us, our individual selves. So those are my top right. five distractions. Would you add any, anything to those? I think all of the distractions that my clients deal with would fall into one of those categories. And especially the fifth one you mentioned, which I call self-interruptions or self-distractions. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, it comes down to us when we're not fully present or we've got all of these worries or anxieties floating around in our subconscious and we allow those to interfere with what we want to happen in our conscious. Yes. And I always tell people the biggest secret to being more productive is you got to switch from being reactive, which is playing that old carnival game whack-a-mole and being mm-hmm. proactive. Notice how proactive and productive start with the, for the same three letters. You've got to be productive and proactive. You got to be proactive to be productive. So many people, as you know, they're just winging it throughout the day. Well, I'm not going to plan my time. Whatever happens, happens. And then they get at the end of the day and like, Man, I'm tired, but what did I do today? Because they had no plan. They just went from one thing to another. And you and I both teach our clients that is not a recipe for success. Right, exactly. And I work with a lot of clients who initially start out saying, well, you know, I can't have a plan. I can't have that much structure because it never works. And I never finish my to-do list. Plus, I'm going to get all of these fires that I need to put out. So why have this plan? But once they wrap their brains around the fact that you can have a plan, but you don't need to structure out every single minute of the Mm -hmm. day, you can allow room for those so-called fires or sometimes they're opportunities. They're not always a bad disruption. They can be a great disruption as well, but you allow space for that in there. And like you were saying, you want to be proactive so you can be productive. And I'm going to throw out a word that doesn't start with pro, but if you can't be proactive because you had absolutely no idea that a a situation was going to occur, you can still respond instead of react. Mm. So you're taking a few seconds to decide in that moment, do I need to answer everything in the order that I received it? Or should I go ahead and choose what's going to be a priority and work on that first? I love that. And I want to skip back to something you said about to-do lists, because I'm a big fan of to-do lists, but I think people are using these to-do lists is like, I'm just going to throw it on a to-do list, which is okay, because as you and I know, get it out of your head. The worst place you should keep things is in your head. But the problem is, is you shouldn't just throw it on there willy-nilly. You should take a few seconds and go, huh, what I have to put on my to-do list is going to take about 25 minutes. Let me put that on my calendar instead. See, people are just throwing things in to-do list, but let's say you're going to say, oh, I have to, I have to write an email tomorrow. Well, that shouldn't, if you're going to write an email list for your subscribers, that shouldn't go on your to-do list. That should go on your calendar because it's going to take more than a minute or two. So I, I, I want people just to stop for a few seconds. Give yourself a pat in the back if you're getting the things out of your head on the to-do list. Great. But I want you to take the next step. I want you to stop and think before you put it on the to-do list, don't just put it there and maybe you'll remember, maybe you'll look at it. Think about, can I put this on my calendar? Or let's say I, I want to reach out to Helene and say, Helene, when do you want to go for coffee? Okay. And and then so my to-do list would be reach out to Helene and find out when she's available for coffee. And then when she says, hey, Friday at two, that Friday at two goes on my schedule. Okay. So, but I want you just to stop just for a second or two and just don't put it on the list. Think about it. 
And I want you to really be intentional because I know people, I've got a client of mine, they've got so many things on the to-do list. They're never going to get them all done. There's too many on there. And you need to stop before you start putting things on your to-do list because if you fail to do that, the issue you're going to have is you're going to have an overwhelming, you're going to have overwhelming uh, amount of stuff on your to-do list, which is going to get you frustrated, which is going to get you procrastinating, which is the exact opposite of being productive. Right, exactly. And you make several excellent points, obviously, because you know what you're doing, but you hit the nail on the head with people leaving out the time estimations because so many times they are just doing a mind liberation. Let's get this out of my head while I'm thinking about it. And by slapping it on a list without that time estimation, so many times they're setting themselves up for failure already because they have 15 hours worth of to do's on that list. And yet they only have four open hours the next day in between all of the appointments they already have. So it's really frustrating when you don't get to reach the end of your uh, basically unrealistic to-do list. And then like you were saying, if it's going to take more than a few minutes, you want to make sure that you get it onto your calendar. For those folks who are paper-based, there's nothing wrong with at least penciling in the plans that you have, and you can erase it later, but at least it doesn't fall off your radar. And of course, if you have that digital calendar, you can just slide things around if Mm -hmm. a super important opportunity comes up and you need to bump writing that newsletter that you mentioned to another day. What I tell people to do is, here's how I approach planning, and I, I suggest people think about, at least think about this, and I'd love to know your thoughts on that. The first step to planning is to figure out how many hours you're going to work tomorrow. Okay, so, okay, I'm going to work eight hours tomorrow. Okay, eight hours. I already have three hours on my schedule, so we'll keep this math really simple. Eight minus three is five. So you've got to account for five hours tomorrow, but I don't want you, to your point earlier, I don't want you to schedule every minute. Now, I would put time for social media, I put time for content creation, but put a time there for break or for lunch or for going for a walk or meditating. I see so many people do exactly what you said earlier. They just have every minute scheduled throughout the day. What happens when that call runs late, which it will, or you lose internet or you lose power or something happens, your your toilet overflows or something like that. If you schedule every minute in the day, you have no breathing room. And I tell people, if you ever gone over a bridge, you'll notice right before you get in the bridge, there's like the zipper-like thing at the very beginning of the bridge and over the course of the bridge. That is so the bridge can contract and expand, okay? Mm-hmm. You need to build that in your schedule and it's like leaving some white space for that call that runs late or something else happens. If you don't do it, as soon as something happens, and you know, Helene, it will happen. Now mm-hmm. you're now you're in a, a, a panic because now your schedule is off the rails. Right, exactly. And you know, if you work with humans, if you work with technology, your day is never, ever, <laughs> ever going to go according to plan. Yep. And since all of us deal with at least one of those elements, if not both, then you know we're going to have some kind of issue. So exactly what you were saying, you know, don't pack everything in. And I find that a lot of folks who operate from a place of scarcity or fear are the ones who tend to pack in their days because they're so worried about not getting everything done. But when you take a step back and you realize, if I did fewer things better, 
I would actually be more productive. For example, pharmaceutical salesperson who I was working with, he was trying to pack in as many sales appointments in one day. Doesn't that make sense? The more appointments you have, then the more sales you're going to get. But what's happening is he was arriving late to appointments because Mm -hmm. like you pointed out, sometimes things can go over. So that looked really bad in that particular doctor's office. He would show up without the right brochures because he hadn't studied the previous notes. He hadn't made time for that. So when he actually cut his appointments in half, his customer service level improved exponentially. And people realized, wow, you are paying attention to me. So his sales went up with fewer appointments. And that that can happen. Right. And that can happen when you are truly intentional about what you are doing. Wow. So he got more done by doing less. I want the listener to hear that. (laughs) He got more success by doing less. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure, Helena, I want to make sure people don't miss that because uh, did he, did she just say, yes, yeah, she did say that. Okay. Because say it again. <laughs> yeah. See, when you, when you rush, 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 you're going to forget things. How many times you're rushing out of the house late for an appointment and you get there and you're like, oh, I forgot something. If you would allowed yourself some time, you just say, okay, I do I have one, two, three? I got everything. Okay. But when you're rushing, you're going to forget things. If you're rushing from appointment to appointment, and we didn't even talk about the elephant in the room with this guy, traffic. He can't predict. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't have Star Trek. We can beam from appointment to appointment. <laughs> so he has to pull out of one parking lot, get on the street, get the directions, go to the other place, find a parking spot, park his car, get in the elevator, go up to the floor. I mean, all these things, people don't even think about that stuff. It's a lot. Right, exactly. I'm just tired listening to all those different <laughs> steps. However, by understanding that those different steps exist, then you can better plan for mm-hmm. your time. Even just allowing an extra three minutes, arriving early and getting centered for yes. your appointment, just pausing. And as Americans, we tend to have this philosophy that we're not doing anything unless we're moving around physically. That's why we feel like we're doing something when we're texting because (laughs) our thumbs are moving. Or we feel like we're doing something when we're typing an email because our fingers are moving. But sometimes the best form of doing is just pausing and thinking because thinking is doing and that's Uh going to help you better plan. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, MrProductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. I believe, and you can ask my wife this, I believe that being on time is five to 10 minutes early. I want to yeah. be there. I don't want to be rushing in and, and, you know, out of breath. I want to, I want to be calm. I want to, like, if I, when I used to make sales calls, I want to go to the restroom because I have a bald head. You can't see this. Uh, <laughs> Aline and I are on video, but you're listening to an audio podcast. I have a bald head. And if I'm rushing in because I'm a little late or if it's raining outside, I have to go to the restroom so I can dry off my head and I can <laughs> calm down and catch my breath because you don't want to go in the office and go, <sighs> I, I'm here to help you. It's like, uh, so, what? Wait, stop. It's not a good impression. So like Helene right. said, get there a little early. Even if you sit there in the lobby and you don't even open your notebook or 
I would even wouldn't even open my phone. I would just sit there, mm-hmm. maybe do one or two minutes of meditation, close your mm-hmm. eyes, like you said, Helene, just center yourself. Because then when you go into the appointment, now you're centered, you're talking about the client, you're not out of breath, and it gives a great impression. Oh, definitely. And you made a really good point about not opening your phone right before the appointment, because this is what can sometimes happen. You open up your phone to check that text or that email, and it's something that is unpleasant. And so Mm. all of a sudden, your brain starts going a mile a minute. How am I going to take care of this? Or I can't believe he said that, or I can't believe she asked that. And so now you're not centered and you're focused on this bad thing (laughs) instead of being focused on what's about to be put in front of you. I left because I've done that so many times. I'm like, do not open email. Do not open social media. Do not check the news. You're about ready to go into a presentation. And I don't care if you're going to go on stage and speak or like Mm -hmm. I do live monthly training. You know, even before I got on this uh, uh, podcast interview with you, I don't want to have anything potentially mess up my mindset and it's okay. I mean, I'm 55 years young and I remember when we didn't have a cell phone to carry around with us and we went and sat down, we just sat around, we had our notebook, that's all we had. So it's okay. You don't have to be knowing what's going on in the world every second of the day. Take a breath, close your eyes, prepare for it. Now I want to talk to you about procrastination because we all know what procrastination is. We don't have to define it, but what I think is a very sneaky form of procrastination I see a lot more people doing is they're looking for the perfect app. And you and I know there is no such thing. And so they're reading reviews and they're they're reading magazine reviews and they're asking friends. I'm like, okay, uh, that's procrastination because most apps, first of all, most apps that come with your phone are very well written. They're not like everybody s- assumes because they come with your phone, they're crap. No, they're not crap because someone had designed it. <laughs> I always say, Listen, don't spend too much time looking for an app, okay? If you want an app and the one that's built in is not really suiting your needs, then I would go out and ask a couple of really trusted people in the inner circle, what do they use? And then maybe go check the reviews on the app store. But I wouldn't spend more than maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Don't don't overtake it because I, I have one client and they know more about the apps they buy than the people probably who designed them. And I'm like... <laughs> The apps are designed to be downloaded and used. Maybe you have to sign in with your Google account. That's it. They're not meant to, you know, learn all the idiosyncrasies. So I just want to caution people that a form of procrastination is finding the elusive perfect app, which doesn't exist. Exactly. The perfect app or the perfect calendar. Even I get those questions, you know, Oh, what calendar should I be using? Well, the one that you're going to actually (laughs) utilize and check multiple times per day. And I realize that sounds kind of snarky, but Mark, you're exactly right. That that is a procrastination tool is to spend so much time researching so much time looking for that perfect product when the only perfect product is going to be the one that you actually use. And then to add on to what you were saying about spending a limited amount of time, maybe it's 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes max, go ahead and set that timer. But even before asking your friends and colleagues, or perhaps right after asking them, you really need to decide what you want out of it. 
Yes. Because you can't compare apps unless you know what you want to use it for. So you need to create that another list. You need to create that list of the features you want to utilize, the features you wish you had. So that way you can compare those apples to apples, oranges to oranges within the 10 to 15 minutes. Right. And you said something that made my heart sing. You talked about one of the most forgotten uh, productivity app on our phones, the timer. This yes. poor app, it doesn't get the love it deserves. And I tell people, if you want to go on social media, set your timer. Okay. We use the timer for cooking things or preheating the oven, but the timer is such an incredible productivity tool. I'm trying to get the People out there, use your timer. Don't go buy an app. You already have a timer on your phone. Use that. If you want to go look for an app, set your timer for 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Your timer is, is people forget about it, but it's so powerful. It, oh, definitely. And if anybody out there listening is addicted to your phone or you think you're addicted to your phone, there's nothing wrong with an old fashioned egg timer. Yes. The kind that you actually wind up and you just leave on your desk. <laughs> now, I realize that's difficult to carry around in your pocket. So if you're on the go, please use the timer app that's on your phone. But when you're in your office, it's so simple just to set that timer. And that way, when you need to adjust the timer or you need to reset it, you're not distracted by those other apps on your phone. It's just that standalone timer that you're adjusting. Now, I'm fascinated by learning how people work. And I'd like to know how you work. Not when you're on a coaching call. I mean, when you're trying to get some creative work, I have two things that are my go-to. I'm a subscriber to Focus at Will, which has uh, neurologically based music, which is all instrumental. And then I, I built an extensive playlist on my Apple Music that's all the like the silver screen music, the the instrumental music from uh, the movies. And there's no words in it because I, I when mm -hmm. I'm trying to be creative, I can't hear words because I'm going to start saying, so when yes. you're trying to be creative, do you listen to music or do you, or maybe waterfalls or thunderstorms, or do you like it silent? I prefer it silent. If it happens to be raining outside, I do find the rain on the roof soothing, or if there are birds chirping, that's fine. But I do not intentionally pipe in any other sounds or any other music. My challenge with that, and this is one of my oh so many quirks, is that I will start paying attention to how long the song is <laughs> oh. instead of concentrating on what's in front of me. So I just prefer the silence and then having that timer. And if I decide to really binge on this particular project, I'll turn off the timer and just finish working for an hour or two or however long I have to devote to it that day. That's interesting. I remember one day I had uh, I had thunderstorms playing on our Apple HomePod, and my wife had gone in the shower, and she came out, and she's like, "It's sunny outside." What? <laughs> oh, you got that because she knows I like thunderstorm. It's just I just love the soothing the soothing music. Um, you know, something else you talked about earlier: structure. We are living in an unprecedented time right now. No one listening to this podcast was probably alive during the Spanish flu of 1918. And, <laughs> and you know, we're, we're homeschooling and we're working at home and maybe we got the in-laws we're taking care of. And, and I tell people the secret to not losing your, your mind is have some kind of structure. So maybe mm -hmm. you have an hour where it's library time. Everybody goes and gets a library book. Okay. And then we have an hour of family time where we all can play games or whatever. And then, Maybe the kids go to school during this time. I, I think 
more now than ever, structure is really important. And I think you should get the whole family involved. What do you think about that? Oh, definitely. And I know that when people hear the word structure, most often they think of work or Mm -hmm. they think of some kind of task. And when you realize that structure can also apply to fun and relaxation, you actually can create more time for those kinds of things. So it's not like the day has to be structured out because I need to do this task (laughs) and I need to do this chore or I need to finish this work project. Exactly like you said, let's have some family time or let's have some library time or everybody gets a segment of me time. You just Mm. go do whatever you want in your room, have some alone time. Well, I should say anything legal in your room because some (laughs) folks have teenagers (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes, but it's very important. And if you feel like you need a breather and you don't want to be quote unquote so structured, then just structure your mornings at least. So Mm -hmm. you know you're going to get things done or just structure a part of your afternoon or structure a part of your evening. If you feel like, oh, all all this structure all at once, it's it's too difficult. Not a problem. Just structure parts of your day until you get used to that. And then you can decide how much to expand. What do you know now about being efficient with your time that you wish you knew many years ago? Well, seeing as how I almost flunked out of college because (laughs) of time management issues, I wish I had known that I had far more control than I thought I did. Ah. So I would take things as they came. I would also say yes to absolutely everything because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be sure everybody liked me. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And as I grew older, I realized that's that's a good thing that I do want to please people, but I don't have to please them in that moment. I don't have to say the word no. I can say, yes, I'd love to help you. This is when I can help you do that. So if by just by pausing and realizing I do have more control, uh, I wish I had known that before I almost flunked out. <laughs> so you wrote a book called The Inefficiency Assassin, Time Management Te- Tactics for Working Smarter, Not Longer. So uh, it's a good book. Um, you can't see it because you're not on video listener, but... Uh, uh, Helene could see her own book. Uh, I'm assuming we can get this book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. Yes, to all of the above. And so what prompted you to write the book? Did you see a lot of people being inefficient with your time and say, look, it, let me write a book so I can help these people? That book came about about 10 years into my coaching and seeing all the patterns and also hearing clients say, oh, I, I wish I could bring you home and just have you live here with me so you can tell me what to do. Or uh, I need that little Helene on my shoulder so I can ask you a quick question. And so I thought, well, it would be interesting to live in some of my clients' homes in some very nice places. It is probably going to be more convenient to everybody to have a book So that's how the book came together based on the patterns and the trends that I saw over the the first decade of working with clients. And then it's also written for people who don't have time to read a book because those are my people. (laughs) So you don't have to read the book in order. You can just go to the table of contents, triage what your challenge is and dive into that chapter. And then eventually you can go back and read the book in order when you're ready. 
Nice. Well, it's on my my list of books to read. I have this policy, which is uh, some of my guests find it really weird. When they send me books, I don't read the book until after the interview. And people go, shouldn't you read the book to prepare? I go, no, because I don't want to have like scripted questions. And you know, this, mm-hmm. Celine, we talked about this. I don't do any show prep for my podcast. And some people go, it shows. And some people go, really? <laughs> um, because I want to be, I always tell my guests, I want to be imagining that my listener is sitting next, right next to me and says, ask Celine this question. And I, if I read the book, then my questions are going to be about what you wrote about the book. And I, I don't want to ask you the questions you've always been asked. So I do read the book. I just read them after the interview. So it is on my list. I do, um, unlike most people in this world, I read, try to read 52 books a year. That's my oh, that's goal. Great. And I don't always read books about productivity. I love history. I, I love being well, well read because then when you're in a conversation, mm-hmm. the more books you read, then you can have more enlightening conversations because you're not just saying, all I read about is football. No, I read about everything, <laughs> which is really interesting. So uh, thank you for sending me a copy of your book. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Before we wrap up, uh, where can we find you online? You can go to the webpage timemanagementrevolution.com where folks can also download a productivity kit, but that's how you can connect with me on social media, read my blog and sign up for the newsletter, whatever you'd like to do there. There's information for you. Too bad you couldn't get like the timeassassin.com. That would be cool. It's probably, yeah, it's that probably would already be. taken. Probably already taken. Yeah. And if you or I don't look it up right after this, then I'm sure a listener is going to <laughs> jump on a domain purchasing site to see if it exists. Well, I and all the really good no domains are gone. And I tried to get mark.com. And when you go to GoDaddy and you say, uh, I want to look mark.com, it says it's available, but we'll negotiate for you, which means it's probably six <laughs> figures. I don't want it that bad. I, I no, right. just go to mrproductivity.com. You're good. Helene, it was so thrilling having you on the show. I love having other productivity people on the show. Most people go, well, why'd you have a competitor? She's not a competitor. There's 440 million people that speak English in this world. Helene can't take 440 million clients. I can't take 440 million clients. There's plenty of people to go around. So I really appreciate your time for being on the show. Thank you, internet, for not crashing on us. We got the whole episode done. Thanks so much, Mark. This was a blast. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my October 16th training, The Power and How of Routines. You can either click the link here in the show notes from this podcast episode, or you can click the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.